Ah, good morning and good afternoon and good evening to no matter how many people are listening to it at whatever time of day or night, whether it's on live stream, whether it's on podcast, or whether you just go onto my Facebook page called Talking Antiques. And I am your host, Paul Perdue, and before we get started, I'd just like to say a K-Mila Falcha, which is Irish for 100,000 welcomes. And I'm very fortunate today because I have the lovely Leslie Godbold in, who's, who decided to, you know, give up her valuable time and be my ex- executive producer today. How are you today, Leslie? I'm well, Paul. How are you? I'm doing okay. And uh, it's been a long time since uh, we, we did a show together. Yes, it has been quite a while. And uh, I, I'm very thankful. I don't see any whips or anything in the corner there. I, I forgot to bring them just, you know, I only use those for use. And I <laughs> forgot to bring them for you to use today. <laughs> okay, well, so uh, you were caught on the hop. You hadn't got time to bring them in. I, I understand. <laughs> so before we get into today's show, I, I definitely have to um, thank our sponsor, of Village Antiques, who are on 755 Biltmore Avenue, and they have a web page called villageantiquesonline.com, and you must go in and have a look around. It's a beautiful building, lots of fine antiques, American, English, Dutch, Irish, French, you name it. They have paintings, jewellery, silver, you name pottery. They have uh, Pisca forestry pottery and which i'm just learning a little bit about and uh, you should go in and talk to david and terry and tell them you heard it on the radio and the irishman sent you in and there must be something that you can find it there and they will help you no matter what now i also like to thank david leglis for uh, in our last show he he came in and spoke about his business and how he got into the antique business and he was my first host to uh, to have on the show so i was talking to him after that and he was very happy he was very happy with uh, how it went and i was very happy with it as well because as, as you know, Leslie, being a guest on the show is one thing, then being a host on the show is another thing, but being a host talking to a guest is another thing. Yes, it is. And um, it, it, it is quite difficult because you have, to, you have to allow them to say stuff and try not to in, interject and then come up with in unusual items. And at the same time, you're on a time limit. So it, it, it turned out, I think we only had one little glitch. I think uh, I cut across him when he was saying something, but it wasn't too bad. I, I, I managed to uh, keep the Irish mouth shut. You know, the old Blarney, once we get talking, it's very hard for us to stop. Mm-hmm. So today, today's show is sort of like, um, it, I've, I've, talked about um, boxes before on on earlier shows but uh, on one of the shows I I did called desktops and writing bureaus and stuff and somebody had uh, sent me a message and said they had uh, um, a box called a writing box which uh, in Ireland and England they call it a lap desk and it did it dates back it it dates back to about the 10th century. There's always been what we call mobile, portable writing boxes and stuff. And before I get into that aspect of it, which I'll probably talk about them in the second half of the show, but the first half of the show I'd like to talk about 
actual the writing instruments that that associated uh, with um, the right uh, the writing box per se, and uh, the very first instrument that was ever used for writing, apart from which was charcoal or burnt wood or all of that, but when it came down to actually doing documents and that was the quill, and a lot of people. Uh, look at old pictures and, and you know historical films and they see the guy dipping the quill into the ink and writing and I always wondered how that you know how that works now the quill basically uh, comes normally from the, the flight feathers of of a large bird which would in this case which was most popular in Europe and I think in America too was the goose feather and um, it, it can be quite uh, thick and it'll hold an awful lot of uh, ink and it's a special way of cutting them. You know, you have to go up about half an inch or maybe three quarters of an inch and cut halfway down, slice it up, and then create your nib. And some people would create the nib and then cut back and create, uh, like if you see a little metal nib on a fountain pen, you'd see the way that that's done. And that was the way the quill was done. Nowadays, people can't really use quills because the way the paper is made nowadays, there's not much wood pulp in the paper to be strong enough for you to push in uh, a quill down to do calligraphy and calligraphy is one of the things that is sort of becoming more popular now as I grew up I was not really into um, writing because I'm, I'm dyslexic so uh, it was pretty much a terrible chore for me to sit down and write but I did realise that um, when I, you know, in school, we used to have the. I don't know about you, Leslie, and of course you're younger than me. There's no doubt, but we had the, in Ireland anyway. We had these little desks that you sat in, had a little inkwell on the top of it, and the, I would get one of the chores I had was to go around and pour in the Indian ink, blue ink, into all the little inkwells in in my school, in my class, and we'd have a little pen with a, a metal nib on it. And we'd dip it in and we would write. And that was what we sort of started off from the time I went to school first until, you know, well, I suppose seventh grade or sixth, seventh grade. And then we went into biros and pencils. Well, pencils were for drawing, but biros and uh, that, that sort of came out. But, and I did enjoy, and when I was learning to, to do woodwork, uh, Charlie Robinson always wrote in fountain pen and quills so the quills came around in around the 1600s really really came around the capitol building in the supreme court they used to have 20 goose quills done every day for the uh, the, the inscribers for the, the supreme court and stuff when when uh, they were doing their writings and stuff like that and um also you know the other the other aspect about uh after a while, the quills, the, the reason why they sort of went out of the quills was because they couldn't do, if you didn't get a good quill and you were writing, you would blot an awful lot of ink onto your paper. That's where the blotting paper came in, you know. If you if you look at them, the old days, they'd write on it and they'd put the blotting paper in to soak up the excess ink so it wouldn't uh, spread. And, uh, of course, in... In, in the old days, in the in the very well-to-do houses, 
because the ink wasn't wouldn't sit on the paper too well you would have the butler or some of the the main householders would iron the paper for the master of the house so he wouldn't get ink on his fingers in 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 the morning time so have you ever seen them in the the period pictures ironing the newspaper the reason for that was to was to heat up and and dry the ink so it wouldn't come off on his hands oh i didn't know that and um so that over the years of course you have the what is called indian permanent ink now that's pretty like once you get it on your clothes that's it you won't get it out it's pretty pretty strong so what happened was that they had to figure out a way to to hold more ink and um then we get into the then we get into the, uh, what is called fountain pens like uh, i think in 1867 the first of uh, two americans got a us patent for uh holding uh ink in a pen called a reservoir pen you know where they had the if you if you see the fountain pens nowadays where you can open up the thing and pull up a whole pile of ink that was uh, the gen- g- genesis of that so okay so you are listening to us in 1350 WCGM independent national radio you can hear me on the face uh, on t- on the live stream tune in and you can look upon my uh, facebook page called talking antiques and we look forward to coming back in the second half of the show to continue our talk about writing Oh, welcome back to the second part of the show. I see that Leslie is actually tapping her foot on the on the ground to that Irish music, which is which is encouraging because then there must be some Irish blood in her somewhere along the line. Do oh, you? Th- there is. Oh, there is. Oh, there yeah, is. Irish, Scottish. Oh well, no wonder no wonder you're trying to keep up with me there, hitting the foot on the ground, <laughs> and of course. Being Irish, you know, if you can't dance to or tap your foot to to Irish music, you're not alive. That's just the plain, simple truth about it. Now, before we get into the second part of the show, I'd like to thank uh, Village Antiques for being my sponsor. Please go down to Village Antiques in 755 Biltmore Avenue and uh, tell them that the Irishman sent you and see if there's anything that they can uh, possibly do to help you with your quest and whatever you're finding. Talk to David or Terry and they will be so glad to help you now in the first part of the show we just sort of uh, gen- you know we just gently perused over quills and uh, how the quill was made and how it came into it and uh, just at near the end of it we talked about uh, you know we talked about basically fountain pens but I just want to go back over to to the quills again and just sort of uh, talk about you know, I said goose was one of the main ones, but swan was another one, which is unusual. I didn't know that they used swan feathers, but apparently they did. And uh, I found I found that quite quite uh, unusual. And uh, you know, they have been going on since. You know, they were very popular, and the quills were very popular in the sixteenth, sixteen century, sixteen hundred, fifteenth century. It's the 1400s. Got to make sure I get it right. The 15th century is the 1600s. 
uh, I just want to talk a little bit about them in in the time that we have left. Now, I came across my first actual antique box or writing box by pure chance when I was in in the game in Ireland. And I didn't really want to get into them because, as I said earlier in the show, uh, being dyslexic, writing was not something I was all that interested in. And writing boxes always brought me back to the horrors of doing tests in school. So I just sort of said, no, I don't want to be. But I was at an auction one night and and normally when you're at auctions, you, you know, when you're buying your your whatever you're interested in and all that, sometimes when you have a shop or, or that, you always buy the boxes that are, you know, with it, all the miscellaneous stuff in it. And um, I came, I was looking and this box came up for $5, equivalent to $5, and I bought it. And then another one came up and it, it was $7 and I bought it. And the problem was I never looked into them. And um, and I've, as I said on uh, many shows before, I always had other people that I would give the, the lesser stuff that I wouldn't want and let them have it for their car boot sales or for their, you know, the likes of smileys that we have out or the, the antique for to go out and throw it all on the table and you can buy it for a dollar. But in the bottom of the first box was a, uh, was a pile of wood. So I took it out and it was about a half of a writing box. And I said, well, that doesn't make sense. So... It so happened when I started cleaning out the second box with the other half of the writing box ah. in bits in the second box. So I rebuilt it and, and because I restored my own furniture, I rebuilt it, put all the uh, the leaves back together again, re-glued all the veneer down and uh, discovered that when I lifted back uh, the thing, it had three little drawers in the bottom of it where you had all your papers. It had three little secret drawers. And, and up in the top of the box, when you opened it up, there was a little, you know, where you have your stamps and your ink. One of the little side panels, you pulled it up and it, it, and and a bar flew out, like a little bar across flew. Behind that was the three little drawers. So the minute there was something secret in it, I was, I was hooked. Like at the moment at home, I have about 70 boxes. Whoa. That I brought over in various stages. I used to go to Ireland with uh, with three suitcase, two suitcases, one inside the other, and the one in the, the the first one would be the one inside the one would be full of my clothes, and then when I come back, I'd have two suitcases, and one would be full of all of my boxes or bits and pieces, and the other one would be my clothes, and that was the way. I, I I managed to do that, but I put the writing box together again, and it was beautiful, and it was a campaign box, it was a man's box, it was big, women's boxes are smaller, more dainty, more elegant. Okay, we sort of run out of time on that one again, we're listening to us on 1350 WZGM, Independent National Radio, and you can uh, look up my you can listen to my podcast on my Talking Antique page, uh, which is Facebook Talking Antique page, and uh, Slon, and we hope to see you again next week. Mm-hmm.